the Talent Experience Podcast featuring authentic conversations on the future of work. Empowering you to better understand and deliver a best-in-class, future-proofed career experience. For more insightful conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Talent Experience. I'm your host, Rhonda Taylor. The buzzword during COVID was digital transformation. Before, before COVID, many companies were trying to dip their toe into the digital transformation world. But with COVID, many were forced to ramp up their transformation at warp speed. My guest today from the UK, Marvin Denin, was in the process of writing a book called Digital Talent before the arrival of COVID. But with the arrival of COVID, he saw the digital talent journey change. Marvin is a well-respected HR analyst and writer. He consistently is identified as one of the top 100 influencers globally, as well as an international keynote speaker. Marvin, welcome to the talent experience. Thank you, Rhonda. It's a pleasure to be here. Did I miss anything? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I could go on and on, but no, I think that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, Marvin, what drove you to write the, write the book, the Digital Talent? Um, I co-authored with a guy called Matt Alder, and we wrote the first book, uh, Exceptional Talent, back in 2016. And that was really just to look at how the, the what we call the talent journey. So from, from you know, candidate attraction all the way through to retention was now all underpinned by tech. There, were, there, there, there was tech underpinning everything, how we hire, how we onboard, uh, how we, we develop people, we put performance management, uh, recognition, and even retention. Um, and what we noticed after that when we were out talking about the findings of the book, as we were kind of researching 28, 2019, uh, most of the companies we were talking to were talking about digital transformation and how they needed to digitize so much more of the business. Uh, and, you know, people like it, uh, you know, digitizing HR for even just basic things like, you know, booking leave and things like that. People really love it. It, it puts them in control. It's how they live their personal lives. And so we, we started kind of doing some research into what, 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 how well prepared, A, how well prepared are our people? Because if you're used to doing something one way and say, I've got some great news for you, it's now all being done on a piece of tech, um, it, it's a little bit, you know, the way you're changing their job is, is, has changed. The way they do their job has changed. And do we support them in that? And, and what came through was no. It's kind of like it, it's, you know, a, a digital transformation is an organizational change, but we don't treat it as such. We just treat it as, hey, we've got a new toy for you now. Um, and so there was something a bit missing there. And of course, we started writing and researching and then COVID hit. So uh, whilst we didn't want to write the, the post-COVID playbook, Clearly, some things have changed. A lot more stuff was being done remotely. It was people being hired without being met, um, people working from home. A lot was changing. And what we noticed was the digital transformation was rapidly accelerating because to, to keep business as usual, you needed to do more tech. So th- that's what we began to find. And then we just started speaking to companies and doing some research around how um, I suppose, remote and, and fully tech uh, approaches to things like performance management, learning, and also kind of sourcing and attracting, how that was changing the way things were done. 
Um, and we found it was, it was quite a huge change. And, and the, the, the biggest thing that came through, and I might be jumping to your second question already, um, is that, that you know, digital skills, most companies don't really know. They don't really know what they're looking for. So it's kind of, they just assume that people have digital skills. Um, and a lot of the, the focus groups, we had focus groups amongst employees and things, um, people weren't finding that transformation that, that easy. Um, it, it's kind of like they needed more help. They don't understand why everything they've done before is now in a different place and done a different way. So it was kind of an interesting one to explore. And we go right through the book. It's not, 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 not just looking at that, but um, looking at how it's changed, you know, things like performance management, you know, the, the employee experience, the candidate experience, and looking at things like leadership as well. And obviously topics like DEI and B, um, and AI, the role that's beginning to play and stuff. So it was a fascinating thing to research and write. You know, one of the things that caught my attention as you were speaking there was all of a sudden digital transformation was thrown on to the HR, HR function. Oh, and many other parts of corporations were going under in the process of digital transformation. But everybody kind of thought that HR would be the last. Um, there's a, there was a real there's a real education that has to occur as as corporations go through the digital transformation, um, and and I was just wondering how did the in your research did you find out how people learned and and, and how how HR made the strategic right moves in, in going through the process of transforming their talent. Um. Now that that is an interesting question because the, I suppose the answer is mixed. Um, I mean, HR itself. There's a section in the book about um, kind of HR needing to digitally transform itself. Um, it, it, HR people aren't by nature that comfortable in the digital environment, um, and that's one of the things we found out. Uh, and there's quite a bit of research around that. Uh, the, the, the HR aren't, aren't great at being anticipators. They're, they're, they're better at being reactors and things like that. And I don't mean about all HR people, but in general, when it comes to things like this. Um, and so there is help at hand because employees, whilst I said earlier, weren't necessarily ready for the digital change. Certain things they have embraced. So, you know, help is at hand in that, particularly for the day-to-day -day HR interactions. Uh, most employees seem to be relatively comfortable um, doing things online, doing things through the tech. Um, areas like, I suppose, the one that, that often gets flagged up is things like remote performance management, for example, which can be quite difficult. And of course, it is difficult because you can't you can't have the same conversation in person that you have through a screen. Si silence in person, in an in-person chat, kind of, yeah, it sets a rhythm for the conversation. But when you're talking across the screen, it just, it's a big gap that needs to be filled um, and it's negative. So it's, there are things like that that uh, people were having difficulty adapting to on both sides, both the HR side and, and the line manager side and the employee side. Um, but in the main, employees uh, quite liked I suppose, having access to information, to learning and things like that as and when they needed it. Um, and so that, I think, was a positive that came out of it. But again, another finding was that um, most companies, when they invest particularly in areas like learning and performance management, um, whilst the employee experience is important, 
it's not the deciding factor. So it's kind of in like one in five companies said, yes, they really take into account what their employees want and think. So there is this gap. And, you know, as I've said before, we're, we're billions and billions, gazillions are being invested into HR and work tech. And yet employee experience and candidate experience doesn't seem to be improving. Um, and part of it is because we're investing some of the time in tech that makes it great for the company and it gives us loads of things we don't even need yet. We're going to need in the future. But the employee can be a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. And and following up on, on, on that and, and the earlier conversation is uh, what were the surprises that you encountered when doing this research? I think. Um, I suppose several. One was that that, that um, organisations themselves didn't seem ready and didn't really know how to support their people. So, I mean, I use a very simple example uh, at the beginning of the book, a focus group we did, and it was to do with re reclaiming expenses, which I know is a very, very simple uh, everyday transaction. But it's gone, you know, it, once it's digitised, it becomes more complex. Um, and, you know, the, 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 a little, it was a focus group of about half a dozen employees from different organizations. And they all said the same thing. They said, it's, it's not unless, unless it's a significant amount, it's, it's not even worth bothering to reclaim because it is just so difficult. And, and it just seems so fiddly. And you've got to, you know, scan on this and airdrop that. And kind of, you don't know if you've been, because it's not like the old days when you and I started, Rhonda, you, you handed in a petty cash slip and they gave you the cash back. Um, this is, it may be in your payslip, it may not be in your payslip. Um, so we found some of the, the I suppose, the day-to-day -day, um, changes that were being made weren't really sitting well with everyone. Um, and I think that was a bit of a surprise because you assume from the way we live our lives that, that everybody just wants more tech uh, and everybody expects to do things seamlessly. And uh, I think that, that that's where it, it, it breaks down. So when you subscribe for Netflix, say, you know what's going to happen next. Whereas when you apply for a job online, you don't actually know what's going to happen next. And you've got this, this silence and you don't know if they've got the application. You don't know if it's being looked at. You don't, you don't know. Um, so there are lots of mismatches there that I suppose surprise me to a certain extent. But I think that the, the, the fact is that, that most employees are ready to embrace it. Uh, I think they just need a bit of help. And that's, I think, what uh, I, I suppose I was surprised that seemed to be lacking in, in with some of the organizations where we, we we spoke to and where we interviewed um, and just looking at third party reports as well. There's, there's, there seems to be this gap with a certain number of organizations where it's the text there, use it kind of thing. And we well, see you and I have gone to conferences all over the world in the last few years. And we've seen loads of research that says, you know, if 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 the technology doesn't work, you know, people will leave and join another company kind of thing. So, I mean, that's. That's something I think that's still still there. Yeah, and going back going back on that statement is you know is how how can we um, HR it, provide a seamless experience for the employee so that there is a high level of engagement so they don't stop using the platform? How do we ensure that? I uh, I think that the the things like employee experience, for example, we've tended to look at. Uh, historically as uh, an experience we create. So it's a bit like inviting somebody in your home and you, you create the ambiance, you create that. Um, and yet kind of, you know, we've created a good experience for our employees, this and this. But of course, for the employee, uh, the experience is, is what they experience. 
and what they process. It's it's not what we've necessarily created. I know, I know that seems quite a fine point, but it's actually quite important because the the if you uh, look at surveys of, of uh, employees and you ask them what what they believe the employee experience, they believe it's their day to day interactions with the company, the tech, the colleagues, the, the everything. Um, and it's not kind of, you know, we've made this such a seamless process that, that you know, it should be so easy for you. It, it, it's kind of, it's more than that. And I think that the, the, it, it, the, both with candidate experience as well as employee experience, it's the understanding that, that these aren't things we create, but these are, we set up the framework, be it the tech, be it the systems, be it the processes, and it's how the employees experience that. It's how easy it is. It's how difficult it is. It's whether it makes sense to them. Um, those are the kind of things that determines if they're engaged. Right. And 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 once you have them engaged, what's really important is the next topic that I'm going to address. And in you in in your book, you write about transparency governance. How do we ensure our leaders are employee centric? And are being clearly visible to to the, to this to their employees. This actually, so I'm glad you've raised it. It's a huge topic. Uh, one of the things that surprised me in the research was that um, uh, in the US, I think it was Pew Research and another place had done uh, had done research on during COVID, um, who were, were people, the general public, uh, looking towards for guidance. And business leaders came out hugely high. You know, you think it's politicians, it's scientists, but business leaders came out high. And I think that's probably because of the way people's jobs were changing because of the pandemic. But it puts business leaders in a, a, a very important position and a very influential position. I think that there are expectations uh, that I, I don't want to kind of... Uh, generationalize the the workforce but i think we we understand that the people who haven't been in the workforce for as long should we say uh, without giving them a title um maybe expect more transparency they're more attuned with how they expect i suppose their leaders in the business to be operating who they do business with who their collaborators are are we transacting business in the right way that kind of thing are, are we being supported in not just kind of our work? Are we being supported in our well-being, our mental health, and those kind of things? Um, clearly, during the pandemic, there was, uh, with the uh, rise of Black Lives Matter, there was an opportunity for businesses there to show how they could react, respond to something like that and embrace it, uh, which I from what I see, most, most businesses seemed to do well. Uh, but of course, it's, it can't be tokenism. It has to be hardwired into culture. Um, and I think that it, it's, it is more visible. I use some examples in the book uh, coming from the UK and Europe as well, where um, you know, employees, ex-employees of organisations are almost getting together and creating an online presence to talk about how, how badly they were treated when they worked at a certain place. And it's, you know, uh, they're, they're reaching out to other ex-alumni to say, you know, would you join us? Would you, you know, what was your experience? Um, and something like that uh, is a kind of a transparency that leaders have not had to think about before. That once somebody leaves um, or once you know, people leave the organization, they are a voice. What they say about their experience of working here is going to impact if somebody else joins us. 
the way other people think about us. Um, and I think that kind of transparency is something that business hasn't had to think about before. So it's kind of what goes on within the boardroom, what goes on within the manager's meetings, stays in manager's meetings. But of course, it doesn't. And we uh, we had that in the UK recently where um, it was a political thing, but an advisor to the prime minister left <coughs> and then shared his uh, private WhatsApp threads with the prime, prime minister, made it public. Um, and it's kind of, OK, no state secrets were given away. But... My first thought was, well, this could happen in any business. Somebody could leave the business and say, you won't believe it, but here's a conversation I had with the CEO last week. And everybody knows. We at the Talent Experience have a favorite question, Marvin, to ask all of our guests. We believe everyone should enjoy their work and be thrilled with what they do every day. Not only do you, do you enjoy what you do, but you excel at it. How do you stay on top of your game at such a high level of performance? What a great question you ask everyone. Um, yeah, I, I think because I really like it, I really enjoy it. And I, I, I'm fascinated about the world of work. I mean, I've done, you know, I, my career, I started off as an accountant and, and then recruitment, then HR, and, and my career has gone through a number of different phases. And I, I love the world of work, and I love finding out about what, what's happening next. And I think this is a very exciting time, and a lot of that is because of tech, because of digital. But I think it, it, it's that interest in kind of wanting to know what's going to happen next and what's the next research going to be. And I suppose sometimes... I'll, I'll read things and think, actually, I'd like to know a bit more about that. So, you know, maybe we can create some data. Maybe we can, you know, uh, do some research with someone. And it's, I'm always fascinated in knowing more. Yeah. You know, and, and you're so right. And we're so fortunate, Marvin, to be working in HR at this time. Um, we've seen a lot of trans, transformations occurring. But the past, the past two years, you have to admit, it's been exciting. Uh, it's been different. Uh, yeah, it's been exciting. It, it, it's been um, what I think has been interesting is that a lot of organizations have had to respond very quickly. And a lot of individuals have had to respond very quickly. And the thing is, we're still trying to find, I guess, the happy medium afterwards, because, you know, we're, 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 we're I suppose, coming to a situation just like the, the working from home thing. You know, that's not going to work for everybody, although uh, you and I both know from our daily digital interactions that there's lots of people out there who say this is the future and others say it isn't. Um, but for some people, it really works. For some people, they need that human connection. They need to be mixing with people. They need so to see how this, I suppose, almost unravels and, and where we are in a year or two's time, because COVID is something we're probably going to have to live with as opposed to be over. Um, it will be fascinating. And that's another thing to keep me going. What's the world of work going to look like in two, three years time? Well, what's, what's the future of work going to look like? Eh? <laughs> Marvin, the, the co-author of The Digital Talent, I'd like to thank you for being a guest on The Talent Experience. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, Rhonda. This is Rhonda Taylor saying thank you for joining us today. Bye now. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Talent Experience Podcast. For more talent experience and future of work conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalentXPodcast. Or join the conversation with hashtag Talent Experience Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. The Talent Experience Podcast was brought to you by the fabulous Fuelies at Fuel 50. 